Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. We are a church that is for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We are passionate about helping people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So if you're just joining us for the first time, we would love for you to check out our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. There you can find ways to connect with us and see what's happening at Crosspoint. Now, let's listen to this week's Sunday message. Come on in. Okay, remember fives and sixes in the front row here. We've reserved this seat for you. All right. Well, good morning, church. Welcome. Let's try that one more time. Good morning, church. That's better. Act alive this morning. So this morning, uh, I'm going to be asking for some of your help as we get in the Word and tell the story. Uh, that means that if you help me, I will give you candy. So let's let's just, kids, I want to show you how this works. Peter, what's your middle name? Which one? Your first middle name. <laughs> All right, Scott, perfect, good job. Not for me. Bad job, Mike. You know, so you guys get the, the idea, right? So if you, you give me some feedback, I will give you some candy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can't. You're supposed to say yes. That makes sense. Getting some feedback here. And I think it... I did want feedback. So I get what I wanted. All right, everyone. Today is our first One Church gathering of the summer. Yes, and One Church is... A worship gathering for all ages. So you may have noticed some younger people in here. Uh, we love that. And as you can tell from our stage, and just as we celebrated, we're about to start a week of Kids Capers. Can we just make some noise for all our students, our families, and our volunteers? I just want to mention that it's because of you guys that we will be helping our neighbors hear the good news about Jesus in our neighborhood. Now, today's message is for all ages, so I want to encourage our grade five and six students back up to the front. That means you, Nathaniel and Zen. There we go. We don't want to start without you. Uh, but I want to say that no matter what your age is, you are all welcome here. And so in addition to our usual crowd, uh, I just want to thank you, students and families, this one is for you. And so today we're going to ask our grade five and six students to help me get my point across. So if you're grade five and six and you're not already in the front, I want to welcome you to come up, sit here with us. Uh, and there's another section right here. Uh, this is the candy zone, okay? And that's where you want to be. So if you're shy, I have candy and I'm not technically a stranger. All right, so parents, this is okay. And, and most of this is peanut, this is all peanut free, so we're good. Um, I do not own a white van. Good point. Good point. Thank you, Nathaniel. This is the kind of feedback I love. Uh, but before I begin, I want to give you a couple uh, instructions. First, families, we will give you a praise pack here for your children, and it will keep those little hands busy and help them focus. Um, earlier, we gave you name tags as a way to kind of talk about what scares us. And I want to thank you for joining that conversation. I know that's not always easy. And now, while your fear of moths is justified, legit, and valid, we might all agree 
that there are probably some bigger worries in our lives than bugs. And so today I want to talk to you about how God engages with our fears. And so today I'm going to talk to you about a story from John 6, John chapter 6, where the disciples take a little boat ride. And But before I do, I want you to look inside those party packs or those praise packs when you get them, and here's what we're going to be doing, families. My challenge to you is to build your best, most sturdy boat. Um, and then a little later during our picnic in the gym, we're going to see how many marbles your boat can hold while floating. All right? So sturdy and can hold the most marbles. Does that make sense? Yes? All right. Exciting, right? I'm looking forward to this. Um, Okay, without anything else to do, let's get into today, today's text. So if you have your Bible, we're going to turn to John chapter 6. Students, I put some Bibles down there, so you can't say you don't have one. Um, starting at verse 16, John chapter 6, verse 16, I can turn there. It's near the middle of your Bible, a little to the right, or you can follow along behind me on the screen. Now, this is what had just happened. Jesus had just performed one of his most famous miracles, feeding Tens of thousands of people with just five loaves of bread and how many fish? Who said that? Scott, you get a candy. It was amazing, significant, and a little mind-boggling if we're honest, right? So the disciples can't believe what just happened and what they've just seen, but they really don't have much time to think about. They're too busy handing out food. And so after this one fantastic day, the people there were just sure that Jesus was a prophet, just like Moses was. And what did they do? Well, people start talking. They start thinking, he should be our king. And when Jesus heard these murmurs moving throughout the camp, he withdrew. Jesus didn't feed all these people because he had a political agenda, because he wanted to be king, but because he felt compassion for them. So Jesus leaves the disciples and goes to a mountain to pray. But we shouldn't miss what happens next. Why? Well, every sign of Jesus is a message for the disciple and an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. And so in the same way, Jesus is demonstrating a point to those of us who love and follow us. You, you tracking with me? It is how God speaks to us in language without words. To communicate what words cannot completely contain. He uses sign language. Is that a good dad joke? Sorry, Zen. So sorry. It's a selfish joke. He uses sign language. But here's the truth. After the feeding of the 10,000 or more, it was getting late, and the disciples didn't know where Jesus was. And here's what happened, starting in verse 16 in chapter 6, the Gospel of John. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea and got into a boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. And it was dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. And the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at land to which they were going. Let's pray just before we continue at the hearing of God's word. Lord, we just thank you that you are with us even now. Um, 
And so we invite you into the, the most fearful places and the deepest, darkest, hidden places of our lives. Uh, we love to joke about our fears, but Lord, uh, we need you in the midst of them. And so we acknowledge you now. And we ask that you would just speak to our hearts in a way that we would trust you more and more. And we love you for it. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Because of this story, I just want to make a couple quick observations. Students, I want you to help me out, and then you'll get some candy, okay? You're listening? Got me? Candy for help. John says that the disciples go down to the sea, get in the boat, and head to Capernaum. Now, we might think that they're just doing whatever they want, but this story is found in every gospel. In the Gospel of Mark, it says that Jesus tells them to go on without him across the lake. So we know that Jesus has at least given them a little bit of direction. But that's not it. Let's look at the end of verse 17, everyone. If you have your Bibles, at the end of verse 17, it's highlighted in yellow. Okay, what does it say? John says that they got into the boat, and it was dark, and what? Help me out. Sorry, say that one more time. Say it one more time. Close enough. Jesus had not yet come to them. I appreciate the effort. I really do. Jesus had not yet come to them. And I don't want you to miss this, friends. This is important. Not only did the disciples have direction, they had expectation. They expected that Jesus would join them when they got in the boat. And even with Jesus' instructions, though, and as they went, they expected him to show up. But that's when something happens. That's when things get sticky. So what happened? The disciples are making their way to Capernaum, and what happened, students? A storm. Now we're getting the hang of it. Storm starts brewing. See, the Sea of Galilee is a big lake surrounded by a bunch of hills, and it's roughly about 11 kilometers by 20 kilometers in contemporary measurements. And it was common on the Sea of Galilee for the wind to come off the hills and displace the cold air above the lake and stir up the water into a frenzy. So we have the storm coming, and the disciples are starting to get anxious. And even today, you know, motorboats are encouraged to stay at dock when the winds start coming over the hills. But the disciples, even some of them, uh, as experienced fishermen, um, they got a little afraid because all they had were a wooden boat and some paddles. Everybody say, oh, no. Oh, no. I can't give you all candy, so air fives. Um, and guess what? It gets worse. John says that they're about five, six kilometers out. They're about the middle of the lake, give or take. It's dark. The wind is starting to kick up. And they only have paddles. And the, 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 the sail's not working. Have you ever been in a spot like that? Raise your hand. If you've ever done something God has told you to do, and while you're doing it, it gets scary. You're not alone. So the disciples start to get nervous. They go from thinking, dude, was it just me? Or did you just see what Jesus did back there? How did he feed all those people? Just blew my mind. When do you think he'll be back? Then it starts to get windy and they're like, whoa, this is crazy. When is Jesus going to get here? What do you think he's going to do now? And then the waves start to toss the boat around and the disciples are like, okay, where is Jesus? You get that feeling? And just when things couldn't get any worse, 
what happens? Tell me, students, what happens next? What do they see? And what do they think it is? A ghost. All right, Nathaniel. If you got candy already, I forgot. Thank you, guys. They see a ghost walking on the water, and they think, have we lost our minds? And the text says they were frightened. What is going on? Who is walking on the water? And John says they saw Jesus walking on the water, but they didn't recognize him. But this is what happens. Jesus reassures them. Coming close to the boat, he says, it is I. Do not be afraid. And here he's not saying, hey, it's me, Jesus, Mary and Joseph's son. He's making this divine identification. He says, ego am I, which can be translated in context as, in context as I am, the divine title, Yahweh, the name of God. And instantly the disciples' fear turns into a relieved and eager gladness. They urge Jesus, yeah, get onto the boat. But before he does, and before Joan can make, John can make note of it, something else miraculous happens. They run aground. They had reached the shores of Capernaum. But the storm, what happened to the storm? Did anyone notice Jesus just walked on water? And the disciples were wondering, and we might be thinking too, what just happened here? And what does this all mean? Sometimes Jesus says with signs what we cannot understand with words. He speaks in sign language. And here he's showing us what we often forget, which is he reminds us that, one, God will always show up. God will show up. Why? Because he is compassionate towards us. That's his heart, friends, students. It's at the center of who he is, which is love. And God's compassion is not like our pity and sympathies, best wishes and positive vibes. His love drives him into action, and he enters our world, our story, and even our suffering. God's compassion is a ministry of presence. He is with us. And the gospel story is that what? God so loved us that he... All right, I'm going to give it over to you. Good job. He gave his only son to us, and his son became a man, and he became God with us. See, God desires to show up. And listen, that's not only it. He's also present with us, and God shows us that, too, he is in control. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth, king of the universe. He feeds the hungry, walks on waters, commands the storm. He is the great I am, and he says that I am with you. Do not be afraid. Listen, Crosspoint, this is the point. God is present in our moments of fear. God is present in our moments of fear. And that means he is with us when things are falling apart and feel out of control. You are not alone. And no matter what happens and how bad things get, you are not abandoned. And when we are struggling to cope or having to do something unpopular, he is there. If you, it might be that you know, you're, you're letting your kids go to college, letting them go to college. Or maybe you're just starting a school, a new school for the first time. Maybe it's making that decision that's before you. We don't know if we're going to make it or when. Um, we just don't know what's going to happen because we're worried. 
God shows up, though, in tangible and powerful ways in everyday life, doesn't he? He speaks to us, guiding and encouraging us, showing us the way, making us brave, helping us love. He's transforming and changing us as we learn to trust in him. So no matter what happens, friends, students, God works all things toward our good and his glory. And this means that we can quit taking things into our own hands. Because not only is God present, he's the only one who is able. So we must recognize that the person who sent those disciples out on the boat on a stormy night on the lake, the one who comes to them in their fear is not a ghost, is none other than God himself. And that's what John shows us repeatedly so that we might believe in him more and more. And so just like us, John wants us to grow in our faith. Why? So we might live a full and courageous life, students. We want you to live a full and courageous lives, kids. Living in fear makes that impossible. Fear is a tool of the thief. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and what? Destroy. But Jesus came that they may have life and have it more abundantly, full and courageous. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. You are not without a shepherd like sheep. The good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep. See, Jesus has given everything to us, friends, so that we do not need to be afraid. So where do we start then, today? How do we put more of our faith in God, kids? The answer is simple to say, but hard to do, isn't it? You don't just wake up one morning and then you're fearless, right? No, no. Trust God. Students, throughout your life, you will find that trusting God will take practice. Someone over 50 years old say amen. It takes practice to trust God. That's the truth. So when you increase, uh, we increase our faith by doing this, by trusting God more and more in, face of our, in the face of our fears. When we're afraid, we start to trust him. Because trust is built and John shows us that Jesus is building the disciples' faith. He is God, and he is able. But the question for us today is, will we trust him? So this is where it gets really personal for us, isn't it? So let me open this question up to the entire room, and you will get candy. You know, and you don't have to go to the deepest, darkest place, but what are you afraid of? Just shout it out. What was that, Delaney? Parallel parking or Micah? Yeah, one of those. I don't know if I can throw that far. Sorry, Monica. What are you guys afraid of? The dark. Makes sense. There's a lot of... In this section, what are you afraid of? Yes. Fear of fear. Amazing. I'll give you candy anyways. <laughs> okay, one more from back here. You guys can't get away. Oh, so sorry, Andrew. You're being so brave. Make some noise for Andrew. We are all afraid of something. Um, I'm not a big fan of public speaking, or at least I, I didn't used to be. 
Uh, and that, I'm joking now, but that it used to be a fear of mine. God's helped me with that. Um, but if I'm honest right now, I still fear heights. So if you want me to go mountain climbing, skydiving, or up the CN Tower, you're going to go on your own. Like, I'll be down here having coffee. Good luck with that. Um, it's a visceral fear. It doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, anything high up. But there are other things that scare me too, like the what-ifs of tomorrow, the fear that I can't handle just one more bad thing in my life. I, don't, I can do um, something or fear doing something God has asked me to do. That's scary too. Sometimes it's hard to remember that God is always with us, isn't it? And so some of you here might think this is novel or cute, what we're doing today, but we all have to face our fears. We're all facing something. We need to trust God to be present and in control. So if we want our faith to triumph over our fears, kids, we must recognize God's presence and trust in his power. And God is beckoning us like a father to a child. He's saying, you can count on me. Eyes on me. Watch how I do it. Stay with me. Hold my hand. Follow me. That's his invitation. Now, I know that not everyone has someone like that in their lives, but if you give God a chance, one way or another, he will never let you down. And so now let me show you what I mean about trusting God. And so to help me, I'm going to invite two of my helpers from grades five and six to the stage. Let's welcome Nathaniel and Zen up to the stage. It's going to get you to stand right here. Right here. Perfect. Thank you so much. Over here, Zen. You're going to trust me? Do you trust me? Not really, they said earlier. Okay, perfect. Now, I'm going to ask them uh, to do something. They don't know what it is yet, and so this is going to be extra fun. Free candy is the motivator. Now, before we do this, I have to get some supplies, okay? So you guys just sit tight. Well, I got a first aid kit. We're going to need that, that's for sure. Oh, we got a fire extinguisher. Does anyone have a lighter? Okay, maybe not today. Okay, no lighter. Fine, 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 fine. Um, I'm just kidding. Not this time, anyways. Um, here's what we're going to do. Then uh, Nathaniel's going to help you up here. You're going to stand on the plank. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Right here. Perfect. You need a hand? And then Nathaniel, I'm going to get you to come over here. Perfect. You're going to be our helper. Uh, and so this is what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to blindfold you. Can you put that on? Okay, you're going to be here, spotter. Nathaniel, you're your spotter, okay? Yeah, you have to, absolutely. And we're going to make sure that you can't see. So, turn on. can you see anything? No, I have my eyes closed. She has her eyes closed. Do you trust me? No, 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 no not yet, not yet. Okay, you need to give this hand to Nathaniel. No, thanks. Okay, your parents will not let me do this without some hand-holding. Uh, can you give me your hand? And here's what we're going to do, Zen. We're going to walk across this plank, and check out how wobbly it is. Just test it out. Like, no, you know, that was a weird way to test it. Um, seems, seems dirty. And, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to take it slow. How do you feel? Do you feel stable? I, I feel, I'm feeling like you're pretty confident in all of this. That's a little scary for me. Um, but this is what me and Nathaniel want you to know. We're on either side of you, um, and we want you to know that we're here, 
and we've got and we've got this. She says she's not falling. But just so you know, we're here and we've got this, okay? Okay. And we're gonna take it slow, just for my sake. My heart's gonna pound out of my chest, okay? Okay, so slow. Okay, we'll go together. We're right here. We got you. No, scaring me like that. Okay, we're right here. You've got this. We've got this. We're right here. All right, you can take that off. You made that look a little too easy. Let's make some noise for Nathaniel and Zen. You guys can go sit back down. There will be candy. I'll make good on my promise now. Thank you, Zen and Nathaniel. Oh, are you okay? Don't blow up the fire extinguisher. We'll use this next time. Thank you, guys. Now listen. When we are facing our fears, God longs for us to know those two things. I'm right here, and I've got this. I'm right here, and I've got this. And we're not always as confident as Zen, are we? I'm right here, and I've got this. God is a present when we are afraid, powerful when we feel helpless. But if our fear is more real to us than our God, fear will steal and destroy everything, and we cannot have the fuller, more abundant life that he wants for us. So as we close today, I want you to reflect on just one question. And then I'm going to invite Pastor Daniel up to lead us in some time of prayer and an exercise of faith. And here's the question. How can we begin to trust God more in our fearful situation? Pray. How can we begin to trust God more in our most fearful situations? And so right now I'm going to invite you to take a posture of prayer and close your eyes. I'm going to invite Daniel up to lead us as we reflect on that and take a step of faith. Okay, before we pray, um, I just want to make an observation. I think it's ironic that we asked you to put fear on a name tag this morning. Usually we ask you to write your names. But I think it's, it's quite ironic we asked you to put fears, your fears this morning. And uh, why that's ironic is because sometimes we labor ourselves with the fear that we carry in our lives. It's what we use to identify ourselves to ourselves and to others and say that this is who I am. And sometimes that's comforting to say that I'm scared of parallel parking. That's who I am. There's comfort in that to know that's where we are and who we are. But I want to say to you that God doesn't give you a spirit of fear, of timidity, he gives us a spirit of power and of self-discipline and of love. And so I did promise that we're not going to do anything crazy with your name tags. I am giving you permission if you don't want to be a part of this exercise. Uh, but in a moment, before I pray, we have the cross up here. And we, we want to give you a chance to respond. And so if, if this is completely out of your comfort zone, I'm relieving you of that. But what I don't want to relieve you of is the work that God's doing in you. And so if there's something that God's stirring you today, 
We want you to respond and give you this chance to respond, to remove the name tags that attached on us and, and stick to us and are sometimes so hard to remove. And just to respond to the message that we heard today, that God is with you. God is in control. He is here. He's got it. To remove your name tags, place it on the cross and say, I surrender my fears. I know that they won't go away, but when I do, when I am afraid, I will know that God, you are with me. You are here. And just a powerful moment to say and to recognize and to, to carry the confidence that Zen had today. Would that be an inspiration for us all? Okay? And so, it's asking a lot. I recognize that. To come down the aisles. But we don't want to miss out on what God is doing. So let's do that for a moment. And after a moment, I'll come up and pray and close our time together. Let's pray together. God, what a powerful image this is. To have the cross before us that holds and addresses our fears in such a powerful way. Would we acknowledge what has been happening today, what has already happened when you died on the cross for us, you've taken our fears, whether we engage with it in a silly way or a serious way, God, God, you know deep down the real fears that we have, and we just pray that you are, were able to work through, through us today in that. In Jesus' name, would you take our fears? We thank you for the message. We thank you for our time together. We pray that as we go forth, that you will instill in us the spirit of power and of love and of self Hey, and welcome back. Thanks for listening to this Sunday's message. We hope that we've helped you in your spiritual journey and that you're drawing closer to God. At Crosspoint, we gather on Sundays at 10 a.m. in Northeast Edmonton and throughout the week in something we love to call home groups. Home groups are encouraging and transformational communities for people just like you. We believe that the journey of faith is done together. So we hope that you'll connect with us at thecrosspointchurch.ca. Now, let me remind you of who you are. You are the people of God, called by God into his redemptive mission in the world. So be who you are.